0: The thing that's funny about TikTok is that it even makes a 22-year-old feel old. Here's Emiliano Villa.
1: When I first downloaded the app, I posted a video of me, like, dancing in the club, like, set to music. Um, And then I get a comment, like, five minutes after I post it, and the comment is like, yes, like, teach me your skills or something. And I go to the page, and it's like a little girl. Like, she looks like 11 years old. Um... Yeah. And I was like, okay, so this is really like a kid's app. Like, people aren't lying when they say that.
0: And looking at an 11-year-old dancing in her bedroom on TikTok felt wrong.
1: I mean, I didn't feel creepy. It felt creepy, like, looking at their stuff, because I feel like I'm not the audience for it. And it's a little weird that it's so public.
0: Emiliano isn't the only young person to tell me that he felt protective of kids on the app.
2: Yeah, I would not recommend, like, a young child on the app
0: unless they have, like, parent supervision. That's Katie Feeney. We heard from her in a previous episode. She's 18 years old and spends about four hours a day on TikTok. But her message to the kids? Play outside more.
2: I feel like when I was 10 years old or nine years old, I was playing outside. And I feel like now, like, these kids are cursing and they're doing super, like, sexy dances and I'm I just I can't watch it I'm like oh no please don't do that go ride a bike
0: <laughs> and there's some corners of the app that a number of teens say are worth worrying about here's 19 year old Mila Della Torre there was a lot of weird stuff about like eating disorders there was ugh, there was a bunch of really stupid like disgusting trends on TikTok
2: of like really underage kids it's just like it's such a scary
0: thing, I think, for kids like 12, 13, 14-year-olds to be on TikTok because there's such disgusting stuff on there. So it's not just a bunch of old people that are concerned about TikTok. Even the kids are asking, are the kids all right? Because for all the funny memes, dance routines, and silly lip-syncing videos, there's a dark side to TikTok. And it starts with the young children that have been on the app from its very start. You're listening to Foundering. I'm your host, Shelly Banjo. A word of warning, this episode contains some very sad and disturbing information, including stories about the sexual exploitation of minors. And I did want to mention that I pressed TikTok at least five times to interview someone in charge of child safety. The company declined to make anyone available, but they did give us a number of comments, which we'll include throughout this episode, starting with the statement, TikTok is deeply committed to the safety of minors. So up until now, we've been telling you the story of TikTok's explosive growth and how it took Silicon Valley and Hollywood by surprise. TikTok was able to achieve this success by taking a number of shortcuts. One of them was letting kids, even kids under 13, roam free on their app. That led to a firestorm among parents, police departments, and lawmakers that hurt TikTok's reputation just as it was hitting it big in the U.S., We'll tell you more after a quick break. TikTok's problems with young children actually began years before TikTok even existed. It goes all the way back to when TikTok was still called Musical.ly. When the Musical.ly app first started getting popular, Investors called it the world's youngest social network because its audience included kids in elementary school. At the time, Disney songs were popular in the app's music library. And unlike Instagram and YouTube, Musical.ly didn't prompt users to disclose their ages. Here's Josh Constein speaking with Musical.ly's founder Alex Ju at a conference in 2016. Josh was a journalist at TechCrunch.
1: I'm a little bit terrified Hmm. because... Some of the kids that I see on this app seem extremely young. I mean, not just under 13, or not just 13-year-olds, which are actually allowed on most services like Facebook and Instagram, but kids that look like they're 11, 9, 7 years old. And these are kids with millions of followers. And some of them are acting quite provocatively.
0: Most social media companies draw the line at 13 years years old to to avoid running afoul of a federal law called COPPA. that's the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. COPPA limits how much information apps can collect from kids under 13. It's one of the only federal laws in the U.S. that protects kids online. It's meant to keep them away from sexual predators and others who might exploit them.
1: Does Musical.ly abide by the child online privacy protection Rule? Absolutely. How do you guys abide by that? Because you don't, so, ask, you don't ask users for their age.
3: Right, so that's actually uh, complying with the regulation. That sounds we like that's feigning we, ignorance, though. Right.
0: Alex is on stage admitting he intentionally didn't ask kids to enter their ages before signing up, and he like defended that decision.
3: Right, but we, we could do something similar to Snapchat, right? Collecting the age, the, the, the year of birth, but those kids, they will anyway say they are over 13, right? So that doesn't really change the, the conversation. For us, the most important thing is we have to make sure the environment is safety. We put a lot of resources and technology in place to make sure everything is safety. And going back to, to your previous point, a lot of users, especially top users, they are under 13, but they are being mon- monitored by their parents. So we do have WeChat communication with our parents on a daily basis.
0: So Alex had many parents download WeChat. It's a Chinese messaging app, kind of similar to WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger. That way Alex and his team in Shanghai could keep in touch with the parents by essentially texting back and forth. But as the app hit more than 100 million registered users in the U.S., People started asking how they could possibly get permission from all of these parents.
1: But I, I still don't understand, though, if, it's, if these kids are under 13 yes. and you're providing their you know, contact information, photographs, real names, usernames, all things that are uh, uh, prohibited by the Online Protection Act for children, how is, I don't understand how that's not a violation. But the parents
3: give the permission. It is being monitored by the parents as a
1: point. But there can't be that all these kids, I mean, so many parents don't even know what this app is. But if you go how, to how all, you, You're telling right. me that every kid that's under 13 on your platform has their parents' permission? I can't guarantee. As far as I know, they are being monitored by the parents. I understand that you guys have, have feigned that you don't know the ages of users before, or that right. their parents are always involved. But right. honestly, looking at this content, I think that this is something that you guys should really be looking deeper into.
0: I was surprised by how hard Josh Constein is questioning Alex here. Tech conferences usually showcase a founder's success, not this. It's also just strange to hear Alex caught so completely on his back foot. From the get-go, Alex seemed to know just how he wanted his app to look and feel. He had a vision for how to handle creators and how to work with the music industry. So why was he so careless about the young users on his platform? The way he handled this problem seemed sloppy, and this would come back to bite him.
4: I remembered the founder of, of, of Musical.ly had actually been interviewed at a conference, an industry conference, where he was asked in detail about their COPPA compliance. And he said, oh, yeah, we have a lot of kids under 13. But he said, no, but we don't have a problem. Their parents know. And he was really given a hard time. And he, and he was really, I mean, it just was pretty blatant. So most companies don't do things like that.
0: That's Angela Campbell, an attorney who has spent decades working on child privacy issues. She was among a group of lawyers who filed a complaint against TikTok to the Federal Trade Commission. So in 2019, about a year after ByteDance bought Musical.ly and folded it into TikTok, it came out that TikTok had become the subject of a federal investigation.
4: I mean, there were just so many little kids on the app back then. It was unbelievable. Um, And it was such a clear COPPA violation. They had lots of kids' songs. They had, uh, you know, like Baby Shark was one of the things you could uh, lip sync to. So even though they said they were only intended for over 13, it was clear that that wasn't the case. They were directed at children and also that they knew that they had kids on there.
0: The COPPA violations were apparently so clear that the federal government stepped in. In February 2019, the FTC alleged the app was collecting personal information from kids without their parents' consent. The U.S. government slapped TikTok's Chinese parent company, ByteDance, with a $5.7 million fine. At the time, it was the largest ever child privacy settlement in U.S. history. TikTok's unchecked growth appeared to be at risk. They agreed to make a number of changes, including deleting the profiles of kids under 13, and they put out a statement. Today, the FTC announced a settlement agreement related to Musical.ly. It's our priority to create a safe and welcoming experience for all of our users. I remember thinking that the statement was so backward-looking. It focused on Musical.ly, which at that point had been defunct for almost a year, and it seemed to lay the blame squarely on Musical.ly's founder, Alex Ju. The company was framing the FTC fine as a problem with its previous self. An ugly issue TikTok left behind when it stopped being musically. But things didn't work out that way. We'll be right back. Don Hawkins runs a group called the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. She says few things surprise her anymore when it comes to kids on social media until one of her family members got on TikTok.
5: He's eight years old. His second grade teacher um, suggested that all of the students get on TikTok as a way to kind of bond and stay close. They could they could make funny videos together, et cetera. Um, I obviously see a lot wrong with that. Kids are not supposed to be on these platforms until they're 13 or older. Um, and eight-year-olds especially, there's a lot
0: of problematic content on there um, for their little brains to handle. Don says his eight-year-old's parents agreed to let their son on TikTok because they thought TikTok was safe and because his teacher thought it would be a fun thing to try.
5: I found out he was on it and took a look at his account and I found that 32 men
0: had written him private messages. And some of the messages contain links to disturbing images, but Don says they were too subtle for an eight-year-old to understand how and why they were wrong.
5: So often it was just a like, hey, you're so cute, how are you? Will you send me these videos? Some of them sent images of their um, of their penises and asked them for pictures of his. A couple of them did say it's a challenge. Others just said, hey, you should do this and wear this. and And he just did it. Yeah, he just did it. And
0: then things got even more disturbing.
5: And some of the men asked him, I think that they were men, asked him to create some videos in his underwear and gave him exact videos to copy and dance moves to copy, which he did. And, um, and we then found that some of them had recorded his videos and then reposted them. And this was perhaps the worst
0: part. The videos were being shared widely.
5: And so his videos had, you know, like under 20 views. <laughs> and... um but the videos that they reposted of him had tens of thousands. And, um, and, you know, he's in his underwear dancing in a very sexually, like, suggestive way,
0: um, not realizing what it means. Dawn broke the news to her young relative about what happened with his videos.
5: Like, his whole body language changed and he said... He's so embarrassed, and he didn't know that it could be sent out there. He posted it on his own channel. How, cu- how is it possible that it could be on someone else's? He didn't give permission, and the rest of that day, he kept coming to me asking, how could they copy it? Why would they do that to him? That was just for him and his friends. His little 8-year-old self is so traumatized that it's, it's out there, and what does that mean? Are his friends at school going to see it, and, and so forth? I spoke
0: to Dawn about nine months after the videos went up. Her family was still trying to get them removed.
5: He's working with some police now. I think the police are asking for those videos to come down. Got
0: it. And did he delete TikTok or is he still on it? You know
5: what? These kids love it. And it is so fun, right? So once he's experienced it, he it's really hard to take it away. So um, it isn't fully deleted, but he's only allowed to be on it when a parent or an adult
0: is sitting with him. It's pretty telling that after something like this happened, this eight-year-old is still on TikTok. But that just speaks to how addictive the app is. TikTok started asking users for their date of birth in 2019, and a spokesperson told me they'll delete the accounts of kids that they find are lying about their age. But Bloomberg has reported that the FTC and the Department of Justice are looking into allegations that TikTok hasn't followed through with these promises. When the story came out, TikTok gave us a statement. We take the issue of safety seriously for all our users, and we continue to further strengthen our safeguards. TikTok has become so ubiquitous now among teens that what happens on TikTok leaks into life offline. I spoke to a school police officer about this.
6: I see it on TikTok, I see it in real life, and that's all across the world that that's happening. All kinds of challenges that go on that are awful. Uh, the duets are awful, right? Some of the duets, you know, somebody has half a screen, the other person has half a screen, and the duets just make sort of some awful uh, sexualization of young kids, and and they're recording it for TikTok.
0: That's Officer David Gomez. He's a school cop in Idaho. When he started nearly a decade ago, he thought he'd be spending most of his time breaking up fights, stopping school shootings, or keeping drugs out of bathrooms. But on the job, he noticed that kids' social lives had moved beyond the hallways and parking lots, onto their phones, and onto platforms like TikTok.
6: I'll ask kids at my own school, hey, how many people do you think who are juniors have sent out their nude photos? And, you know, the answer I get more and more is, Officer Gomez, I think everybody has sent out their nude photo by 11th grade, right? And by 8th grade, it's about 50, 60 percent. And that is a question I absolutely get a lot. Hey, if everybody's doing it, why is it a big deal that I do it?
0: While it seems that sending a sexy photo is kind of a rite of passage for teenagers these days, it's a big deal to Officer Gomez, because that naked photo could be used as blackmail, as a tool for predators to extort young children. He told me about a recent case he handled with one of his students.
6: One of them, again, that started on TikTok was a 24-year-old in Pennsylvania who was collecting girls to send him weekly naked pictures of themselves.
0: One of the girls was a 13-year-old student at his school.
6: Once he got their underwear picture, he'd say, hey, look, unless you want all your friends, your school, your grandparents to send me, now you're going to send me a video every week by this time, or else I'm going to blast this to everybody.
0: Officer Gomez says she sent the man in Pennsylvania photos of herself because she felt she had no choice and was too scared to ask for help. Gomez has seen this a
6: lot. They feel ashamed, they feel embarrassed, you know, they feel out of control, they feel brainwashed. All those things are the same things that adult predators are using on young girls who are much easier to control than an adult woman would be.
0: Officer Gomez says he was able to get Pennsylvania state troopers to go to the guy's house and warn him to stop. Luckily in this case, the guy stopped contacting the 13-year-old. But Gomez warns that her naked photos are still out there, and other predators could buy them one day and try to extort her again. And do you think TikTok in particular has become a bigger problem in recent years?
6: Absolutely. Right. It has become the biggest problem above Snapchat now.
0: This was news to me. When I first met Officer Gomez, it was 2018, and I was working on a magazine story about TikTok. Back then, he told me that Snapchat was his main concern because of its disappearing messages. But in the past two years, from Officer Gomez's perspective, TikTok has overtaken Snapchat as the most dangerous app for kids. Oh, really? Why, why above Snapchat?
6: Because parents think that TikTok has some redeeming values of them making videos. And I would agree that it does have some redeeming values. You know, videos, lip syncing, singing, dancing around, outside activity. OK, I see that stuff. But parents are just not understanding how many predators are on TikTok.
0: Parents underestimate TikTok because they don't see what their children see. Alex you explained this back in 2016.
3: People will have very personalized experience, see very, very different contents based on the age, based on the preference. So the parent's experience will be completely different with the kid's experience.
0: Personalization means that a parent can't exactly monitor their child's feet. And it means that they're not clued in into some of the big issues on TikTok. One of those problems is bullying, and it happens often.
7: All the time. All the time. And it's definitely with, like, people who aren't conventionally pretty or even, like, just look slightly different than, like, the average beauty
0: standard. That's Liz, an 18-year-old from Florida. She didn't want us to use her last name. Liz says TikTok is worse than other social media apps she uses. Men were always coming
7: onto my streams, so just, like, calling me names, like— oh, you're so ugly, you're so fat, you cow. And I'm like,
2: okay, cool, thanks.
0: Thank you. Thank you for the input. Bullying happens on all social media sites, but it can be more damaging when we're talking about the really young users on TikTok. And because TikTok is still so new compared to other companies, they have fewer people working on many of these safety issues. I spoke to a girl in the UK named Talia about this. She's 13 and had a horrible experience on TikTok.
2: I lost all my friends that I thought would be with me for a long time. Um, it wasn't, like, the best time because I felt alone a lot.
0: So I felt, like, kind of trapped, if that makes sense. It all began when Talia started getting a flurry of messages from her classmates.
2: So I was doing online work and suddenly my phone got a message saying, did you do this to this girl? And I went, no, of course not. And then I got... Um, like six messages from the same kept going, kept going and I realised that I had to tell Mum because of
8: the things that I was getting said to me and then um, Talia just came up to me and she said, Mum, something's happened on TikTok and I was like, what do you mean? And She, she, tried, she started to explain it
0: and I just, give me your phone That's Talia's mum, Shelley Dale She says someone online was pretending to be Talia They set up an account with Talia's face and Talia's name with the sole purpose of trolling a popular girl at their middle school. It's what many TikTokers call a hate account. So this person, pretending to be Talia, was calling this other girl really mean things, calling her a pig, fat, and ugly. And all of Talia's friends were confused. Why was Talia doing this? So then all of their classmates started to hit back at the real Talia, asking how she could have done such a thing.
2: I had no proof they weren't me, and I couldn't couldn't really do much. Because I thought I was really good friends with people, so people that are messaging me, they just seemed so angry at me
8: for something that I didn't do. Um, They were just saying that she's jealous,
0: that she's a bitch, she's a slag. Just awful things. Talia's mom tried reaching out to TikTok. When she couldn't reach anyone, she reported the issues to the school, who sent her to the police. But the police said that TikTok refused to turn over any information.
8: I'd already reported it to TikTok and said... Someone is pretending to be my daughter. Um, didn't hear anything back. Um, but I was just shocked. And then the more the TikToks were coming in, I just felt sick. I just felt physically sick that this was happening to her. And we just didn't know who it was and why. And we couldn't stop it. Because I just thought I could report it to TikTok. They'd be taken down and that would be the end of it. But they were, it was a long time before they took it down.
0: She said the police officers told her this was a particularly bad case of online abuse. But they didn't have the resources to go after TikTok, even though cyberbullying is illegal in the UK. Um,
8: On TikTok, you can't speak to anyone. They don't reply. There's no response. Um, I've given them a crime reference number. Um, I said it's serious. The police are dealing with it. This is um, bullying. You don't even get a response. They just ignore you.
0: A few months after I spoke to Talia and her mom, TikTok finally did something about the incident. Because Talia's story appeared in the Daily Mail, And then TikTok banned the hate account for violating its guidelines. A TikTok spokesperson said bullying and harassment are strictly against our community guidelines and content of that sort is removed. But the hate account stayed up for eight months. And this incident changed Talia's life to the point where her mom decided Talia should move schools.
8: Um, Obviously, yeah, we've had times where she's just been sobbing and really down. yeah, she'd lost even her best friends that she's had since primary school all turned against her. Um, and it was actually her that said, I can never go back
0: to that school. I was surprised to find out that Talia stayed on TikTok. Her mom allows it, because it's helped Talia make friends at her new school. Talia says that what happened still haunts her, but she's moving on.
2: Yeah, I want to find out who it is, but if not, I just want to leave it behind and carry on with my new friends and... Just forget about it. I'm trying.
0: Don Hawkins, the child safety advocate we heard from earlier, the one who had the eight year old relative, she thinks that problems like this shouldn't just be up to parents and the police. She wants TikTok to take a heavier hand in protecting its young users.
5: Look, these tech companies know pretty much everything there is to know about us. They know us better than we know ourselves. They can detect age lying. They probably already have all of that information on us already.
0: Dawn's speculating here, but many tech experts I've spoken to agree with her. That tech companies can do more to protect kids, but they don't, because it would bite into ad revenue. TikTok has made some strides in improving the safety of its app. The company barred kids under 16 from sending messages. And right after we contacted TikTok for comment about this episode in January 2021, they stopped users from being able to duet or download videos posted by kids under 16. And they stopped strangers from being able to comment on those videos. They also introduced a big change, so that if you're under 16, your account is set to private by default. That means kids have to individually approve who gets to see their videos or deliberately change their account to public. TikTok also released a statement. They wrote, these changes are aimed at driving higher default standards for user privacy and safety. But Dawn says that it's clear that child safety still isn't TikTok's number one priority. She believes these problems emerged because TikTok became so successful so quickly.
5: I do give TikTok the benefit of the doubt. I think probably it was a problem of scaling and growing. I mean, their company exploded in growth across the world. um, And they just didn't,
0: they didn't prioritize child safety as they were growing. At this point, Child safety was turning into a disaster for TikTok and for ByteDance's CEO, Zhang Yiming. Just as he got his wish of taking TikTok worldwide and surpassing 1 billion registered users, suddenly all these problems started to emerge child exploitation, cyberbullying. He gets slapped with the heftiest FTC fine of all time for violating child privacy laws. The UK and India launched their own investigations. You can't exactly go out and celebrate when everyone knows this is going on on your platform. I spoke to a number of people who worked with Yiming. They told me that he has an obsession with the technology side of his business, but he never really wants to wade into PR problems or government relations. He's a practical person who often doesn't understand the emotional side of his business. He's often at a loss when it comes to dealing with people, that includes both his colleagues and the users on his apps. People said that Yiming believed he could get past the issues presented by the children on TikTok by programming his way around them.
7: For ByteDance, based on the success of the products they already had in China, they were pretty confident that they would be able to expand
0: beyond this very young demographic and make the app mainstream. That's Roy Ma. She's a former tech banker in China and Silicon Valley. She spent years following ByteDance, TikTok's parent company. She says that ByteDance may have felt confident about their ability to move past the FTC investigation because Yiming had been in hot water before. He had big run-ins with regulators in China, where laws about child internet use are much stricter than in the U.S. So even before
7: the U.S. government was looking at TikTok for having underage users, ByteDance had actually gone through a whole series of you know, investigations w- with the Chinese government, um, that's because the platform was accused of having uh, inappropriate content on one of its actually first apps called Nehan Duanzen. And it was a app that featured jokes and memes and it was permanently banned um, from the app stores by the Chinese government back
0: in April of 2018. April of 2018. So a year before the FTC fine. Apparently, Yiming felt shaken by the Chinese government's actions.
7: I think in some ways you could call it existential. Yeah, because like at that point, that was the harshest punishment that had been doled out, uh, leading to Zhang Yiming actually having to come out with a very public apology.
0: Yiming wrote a public letter that he posted on one of his social media accounts at four in the morning, apologizing to Chinese regulators, his users, and his employees. I asked my colleague to read a portion that was translated by the China Media Project.
4: I've been filled with remorse and guilt, entirely unable to sleep. Our product took the wrong path, and I'm personally responsible for the punishments we've received. We placed excessive emphasis on the role of technology, and we have not acknowledged that technology must be led by the socialist core value system broadcasting positive energy.
0: At the time, some media analysts speculate this letter was Yiming's way of saying that he would fall in line with the Chinese government's demands, and he did. Yiming created several child safety features for his Chinese users. Kids were blocked from the Chinese version of TikTok from 10 p.m. until 6 a.m., and he used facial recognition to predict their ages. But these changes were made in China, and Yiming realized that he still needed to make some big changes at TikTok globally. And that would start with a shakeup in leadership. Yiming wanted to put someone else in charge of TikTok. Someone who could handle the complexities of government investigations. Someone who could talk with officials around the world. Someone who could speak English well. So Yiming made a surprising move. He decided to hand over the reins of TikTok back to Alex Ju. At that point, Alex was still on a sabbatical of sorts, roaming around and listening to jazz music. Yiming calls Alex up and asks him to come back to work. He wanted Alex to deal with their preteen users, repair TikTok's reputation after the FTC fine, and fly to the US to set things straight with government officials. And it's not just that Yiming asks Alex back because he suddenly gained a conscience and wanted to protect kids. Multiple people have told me that Yiming actually blamed Alex for creating the problem in the first place. After all, it was Alex who appeared to ignore the issues of having so many young users on the app for years. So Yiming wanted Alex to clean up the mess. But soon after Alex came back to TikTok, he'd find out that TikTok's young users were just the start of his problems. He would find TikTok in the crosshairs of U.S. lawmakers and the president. Politicians wanted to know where all this American data was going and what exactly was ByteDance's relationship with the Chinese government. That's next time on Foundering. Foundering is hosted by me, Shelley Banjo. Sean Wen is our executive producer. Ray Mondo is our audio engineer. Molly Nugent is our associate producer. Additional reporting by Isabel Lee. Special thanks to Jeping Huang, Edwin Chan, Josh Brustein, and Doris Schlothens' class at Portola High School in Irvine, California. Her students gave us so many great insights on what it's like to be a teenager on TikTok. Our story editors are Mark Millian, Anne Vandermeer, and Alistair Barr. Francesca Levy is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe. And if you like our show, leave a review. Most importantly, tell your friends. See you next time.